Welcome to Backboard Banter on the board with your hosts, Matt Middleton and Kevin Rainer, where the banter's as ferocious as Nikola Jokic, man. He's been unreal in that series. He's really, you know, I think angry, you know, at the whole MVP situation after those back-to-backs. The Joker's coming for you guys. You know, Phoenix, be scared. Bro, I'm not even talking about his play. I'm talking about that push for Matt Ishbia. <laughs> I mean, he knocked that guy right over. <laughs> uh, man, he's he's got the strength, you know, and then he and then he he took a nice fall against Kevin Durant the other night. You know, get gotta get that one point back. He really took that comment from Devin Booker to heart about Ishbia getting that point. But man, what a weird situation, Ishbia. You gotta hopefully you learned your lesson about you know holding on to the ball because as Matt and I were talking about, anybody else, you get you're getting out of there. There's no way you're getting away with that. Yeah, no way. Like, he's just the owner, so he gets to stay. And, like, you know, I totally get it, and I understand. But at the end of the day, like, any other fans getting kicked out of that arena and escorted out by security. But, hey, man, the guy's, uh, the guy's a billionaire, so he can do what he wants. <laughs> Such is the situation. And to bring it back to our takes, my friend, you over there, the Nuggets, are, they're up strong, you know, they're up 3-2, so they're they're chugging their way to the finals. Celtics, on the other hand, they're in a bit of a sticky situation, but we'll we'll talk about them later because, yeah, I finally got one right. I had so many absolute fails back-to-back on all my calls, but I took the easy take, Matt. Golden State slapping the Lakers down in Game 2, but that almost feels like a lifetime ago considering that they find themselves now in a 3-1 hole. Like, a wild week of basketball, Matt. You're getting ahead of us here. I mean, we like to do our Raptors chat first now. Um, there's not too much to talk about, so let's just get through it pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, there's some, you know, coaching rumors out there. JJ Redick for the coach of the Toronto Raptors. How do you feel about it? I mean, I'm not opposed. You know, we we're in this situation where the team needs to find something, and we're really putting the feelers out there, right? I feel like almost every day we're start, going to start getting a different rumor back and forth, but at the end of the day, we're interviewing people. We're getting the job out there to see who is invested, who's interested, who would actually want to come in and whether or not they could be the right man for the job. And if the rumors are true and we're planning on doing more than just a head coach, we want to really get some fresh blood into the whole coaching roster. Can't hurt to interview a lot of candidates and then maybe bring a couple of them back for assistant coaching roles later. Yo, and at the end of the day, man, I think that the best organizations in all of sports they cast the widest net when searching for the people that they're, you know, to fill their positions. Yeah. I understand that we could have, you know, top tier candidates already kind of penciled in for the next round. And it's the first round of interviews, but Hey, maybe JJ comes in and he really impresses, right. you know, like maybe he, he gives a different perspective on this team that Masai really enjoyed. And, and now he can, you know, push towards that head coaching position. I would prefer Jerry Stackhouse, just in my opinion, just because he's been a coach before he's done it. But JJ as an assistant, as a player's coach, as you know, like we talked about, like would not be bad at all, in my opinion. He's the type of mind that you want to be a part of your situation, right? He's absolutely carrying Stephen A sometimes on the conversation that the two of them have. He is a fantastic mind. He's lighting it up right now in the media game. So it would be interesting oh, yeah. to see him, you know, shift into that coaching situation. But also he's the type of mind that I could definitely see down the line wanting to coach, wanting to be a part of it. Because as a shooter, as a player, he's got that like Steve Kerr vibe, you know? He like he wants to be around the game. He wants to be a part of it. So whether or not it ends up as a situation, I wouldn't be mad, but it definitely would be a big risk from the organization on a on a guy like him. 
Dude, I love that comparison to to the Steve Kerr kind of three point. I mean, Steve Kerr did have coaching experience when he became the head coach of Golden State. Uh, so maybe we're like his first stop and he gives us, you know, that that assistant yeah. coach mentality. But you're right, man. The way that he's blown up in the media game like so quickly, um, it really does underscore how articulate he is yep. and how, um, you know, how smart of a basketball mind he has. And so at the end of the day, um, I love that we're we're casting that net, that we're talking to as many candidates as we possibly can. Exactly. Um, and I just, I really hope that we we build the staff that's right for our players and right for where we want to go as an organization. And, you know, Masai wavering trust, I do still have faith in this guy to build a really, you know, strong organization from top to bottom. He's done it multiple right. times. He's, he showed us that he can do it in multiple locations. So we just got to trust him. He gets paid, you know, what, like 10 plus million for a reason. <laughs> the team's going to be all right. The team's going to be an interesting situation. We know that there's a lot to come when it comes to this, this Raptors team and, and the opportunities and the potential changes over the summer. But there's this nice little bright spark, happy moment for OG. Maybe not the moment he deserves, you know, considering it's only second team. But OG finally, you know, on that all NBA team, you know, getting getting that defensive honor that he deserves. You know, we're happy for our boy OG. Man, I think he would have easily been first team had our team been better. Yeah. Um, but that guy definitely deserves, you know, an all NBA defensive team honor. I would have preferred to see him on the first team, but I'll take the second team. Um, you, like, you just think about like a guy like Derek White also being on that team. And look, man, I'm not saying Derek White's a scrub. I think he's actually a really nice yeah. player. But like in terms of like comparable players, like now you think Derek White's as good as OG? Like, no, he's not. OG is so much better in my opinion. And like maybe, you know, I'll, I'll give you the Raptors hometown bias, but like I think OG could go somewhere and do what Mikhail Bridges has done with the yeah. Brooklyn Nets. I don't see Derek White doing that because he would have done it with San Antonio already. It's it's why we want, you know, our dream right now is the OG, the Scotty new age life for this Raptors squad. We won't get too far into it because there's so much good basketball to talk about. But with all these coaching rumors, we can't not sit here and think about what's going to happen with, you know, the entire team in general. What's going to happen with Fred? He's been... I don't know, random tweets here and there occasionally. What's going to happen with Siakam, right? Like, there is still a lot of questions with this roster. And, you know, we know the organization is asking their questions and trying to figure out what they want to do. Yeah, no, man. There's a lot that's up in the air right now. And it's going to be an interesting summer. Um, you know, I don't expect anything to really take place until after the the final and, and leading up to the draft and maybe even after the draft. Um, but I would love to see us get, you know, at least a coach in place by the draft. Um, I think that would really help when we are, you know, up at the podium to get a coach to right. be able to pick his player. Like, I think that's important, at least, at least well, to have a discussion with the, the GM and well, president. That's it, right? It's not even the coach to pick the player. It's the fact that as having chosen a coach, you will have chosen a direction that you want to go because the coach will be a mm -hmm. major part of that direction. And so, yeah, we're going to we're going to keep our eyes obviously glued to the Raptors, see what happens to them. But right now, the conversation has to be about these four series that are going on. There's some fantastic basketball that has happened this week, Matt. Wait, wait, back it up, man. We missed oh. something from last week. I know it happened on the same day, <laughs> like right after we recorded. But Ten minutes. Yo, man, we were talking about it, and we were so, like, 
we I was almost certain that Milwaukee was just going to run it back with Mike yep. Budenholzer, but I think they made the absolute correct decision in letting him go. He's shown time and time again that he can't adapt in the playoffs. And as we're seeing with these series, yeah. it's the coaches that adapt and change the fastest that end up winning them. I mean, not to go too far into it, but Joe Missoula hasn't been very quick to, you know, change up what they're doing, change up their scheme, their system. And it's it's bitten him, you know? So I think yeah. it's a really interesting idea. There's some people pushing Frank Vogel over Nick Nurse. And if I was Giannis, I would push back against that so hard. I understand Frank Vogel won a championship more recently than, right. um, you know, Nick Nurse did. <laughs> but, like, LeBron James and Anthony Davis carrying you to a title after two months of rest is completely different yeah. than Nick Nurk orchestrating the box in one, the wall, and then also taking us to the number two seed the year after without Kawhi. I yeah. think he's proven more than Frank, personally. And I mean, I don't know if you've seen that Instagram post from Giannis, but like villain arc Giannis is coming to the NBA. He's he's upset, he's spaghetti, he's angry. Like Gian Giannis is on the way and a coach like Nurse a player like Giannis, a system with good three-point shooting around it? I mean, I don't know about you, Matt, but that sounds like a pie that needs to be put in the oven and baked until it's absolutely perfection because it just it seems like a match made, right? Like, I don't... I, I'm hoping that they're just like, yeah, well, well, maybe it is Frank, maybe it is that, and they're like, nah, Nick Nurse. Because, like, the rumor was we wanted to bring Giannis into his system and we never had the opportunity, and I would be... Kind of sad, but also pretty happy to see the two of them get together and, and get back to relevancy. Yeah, it would kind of sting as a Raptors fan, but, you know, I'm not even too upset if they go with Frank Vogel. Because if they go with Frank Vogel and, you know, they don't end up doing well, Giannis could yeah. <laughs> push that re-signing hit free agency, maybe become a Toronto Raptor in the future, you know, teach Scotty Barnes the, the you know, the baby Giannis way. And uh, it would be it'd be real nice, man, for for the Raptors fans. <laughs> Maybe that's why we end up getting Bud just to try to bring Giannis back. But please no, please <laughs> don't Toronto, don't don't hire don't hire Budenheiser. I hope Budenheiser goes off and like takes a year, you know, relaxes, goes and enjoys some wine. He's we know he's got money when you think of a you know NBA coaches at that point. But kind of kind of a crazy situation. I think he has a fantastic legacy with Milwaukee, you know, obviously a great winning coach was able to unlock Giannis. Kind of ironic that he took the the Bucks job after almost taking the Raptors job, you know, at, at the same time like we have this weird interconnected tangledness story with the Bucks right now, but oh, honestly yeah. wishing all the best for Bud and Maybe stepping away from this team and then coming back in the future and finding a new team is what he needs to reevaluate his own self when it comes to playoff basketball. Because as much as we no. can talk about, right, there being, you know, 82 game players and 16 game players, we have to imagine there's also 82 game coaches and 16 game coaches. And sorry, bud, you ain't a 16 game coach, at least right now, from what you've shown. Yeah. And I mean, to roll into the matchups, man, like, and bring it back to Joe Missoula, like, he unfortunately waited too long to change up their schemes and he's allowed James Harden to yeah. turn into prime James Harden again. I mean, it's so, so crazy that a team with Boston's level of depth 
with Boston's level of talent yeah. for the regular season that they put forth, you know, being NBA finalists last year, execute so poorly down in the clutch. Like, what is going on that you can't stop, you know, James Harden, Embiid, and Maxi? Like, you guys have, you know, Horford, Williams, you have Tatum, you have Brown. Brogdon, Smart, Derek White, like they have, they are deep, man. They are the deepest team left in this playoffs. Seriously, and they might just get knocked out. Like what? It, it's insane that an overtime buzzer beater shot from James Harden. Now I gotta say, iconic storyline considering the shooting victim, the story with Harden with the shoes getting the winner. Like y- you know, as a Celtics fan, you're like, well, we can't beat the storyline there. But also, yeah, Joe Mazzulla, my guy, you are in a dangerous situation. This team is in a dangerous situation. Like Al Horford, you have to be better as the veteran on this team. There's so many things to think about. But also, is it just Philly's time? Is it just Harden realizing what this type of playoff could mean for him? You know, Embiid being as good as he is, getting that MVP, having those moments, and Tyrese Maxey just being able to be along for the ride and be that true third superstar, which, you know, the right players can find themselves in. Like, they're doing really good, but at the same time, it's such a scary situation because if Boston does figure it out, they should win. They should win these games. Absolutely, they should win these games, man. I mean, to me when Tatum and Brown are on, they are the best one-two punch in the NBA in the Eastern Conference. Um, I might give it to Anthony Davis and LeBron right now because they're playing out of their mind, but, you know, Tatum and and Brown are are right there with them. And the fact that Tatum and Brown are, like, getting outshot in the fourth quarter by Marcus Smart and Malcolm Brockton, like – that again comes down to coaching and the plays that you're running and the plays that you're calling. And I understand that you have a lot of ball handlers and, you know, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown aren't traditional point guards and you have those guys who are, but your best players need to be your best player. Yeah. And if I'm Missoula and Jason Tatum doesn't want it, give it to Jalen Brown. That guy is a dog. He is a absolute killer. Let him run the show. And to piggyback on this briefly, you know, Malcolm Brogdon was brought in to be the ball handler in late game situations because Smart was taking too many shots, because he wasn't making the smart decisions all of the time. Brogdon just seems to be doing exactly what Smart was doing before. Like, yes, let them run the ball, but is it that Joe Mazzola's play calling isn't great? Is it that they're just not making it happen? And yeah, they're focusing on giving it to Tatum, even though Brown has always and kind of looks like he will be the better clutch player of the two of them. Like it's such an interesting situation that Boston finds themselves in. They're teetering on the precipice right now of absolute collapse and absolute failure. Because like if let's say, let's say they go into the game tomorrow night against Philly, which let's not forget is in Philadelphia and get blown out. Who's to say that locker room isn't going to explode. Who's to say they're not absolutely going to start throwing blame left and right. It's scary right now because there was all of this expectation for this team to be the best of the best. And this, this is kind of the struggle of, we can't forget that these are all human beings and that if you don't have the mental, sometimes it's not going to work. And right now Boston is looking like they're crumbling apart. 
no they they absolutely do man they don't look like they're that team right now and it's so funny because you hear like you know with boston struggling with jalen brown potentially not happy with the situation being the second star and the second guy and wanting to be that one you have guys in the media throwing out like oh jordan Poole and andrew wiggins for uh jalen brown like jordan Poole, who's almost unplayable in the series at this point who doesn't have value yeah and andrew wiggins who like I like Andrew Wiggins. I think he gets, you know, panned in the media, but really outside of last year, hasn't really shown too much in the way of being a winning player. Right. Why would Boston take that over taking a guy like Pascal Siakam? You could do Brown and for Siakam, maybe we throw in a first round pick. Maybe we throw in, you know, Fred Van Vliet or something, you know, Gary Trent Jr. Make the money work or something. Right. That's a way better package than Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins for Jalen Brown, man. Yeah. Like, the the sum of two players doesn't just equal the best player. That is clear across NBA history, right? Like, yeah. you get those major packages for superstars, you'd much rather have the superstar. I mean, it's a simple fact of the matter, right? And, you know, Jalen Brown being, you know, the the face of the Players Association, right? Like, there's so many other stories to consider. But right now... <laughs> Boston has to figure it out. Philly, on the other hand, as unfortunate as it is that two of the players that Matt and I both despise watching because of the style of the play worst. that they do, look like they are potentially going to chug along to an NBA Finals potentially right now. Because Embiid might be the best big left in... I mean, he's definitely the best big left in the Eastern Conference, for sure. Easily. And as I was mentioning to Matt, I think it's going to come down to potentially what your bigs can do at the end of the day when we think about the firepower that's left. And Philadelphia, man, they're in a fantastic spot. No, they they absolutely are, man. Up 3-2 at home to tomorrow night, I think it is. Yeah, tomorrow. Um, like, that's it's – a, it's a great spot to be in for them. And um, especially when you look at the fact that you know, the Heat are just kind of rolling right through the next. Yep. And, like, Jimmy Butler isn't going to get that much rest if you guys can finish them off in game six. And Jimmy Butler's been playing out of this out of this world, but the Knicks have just looked horrible. It's like, is Cleveland really that good of a team if this team beat them like that? But come on. It, it almost it questions a lot, right? Because if you remember all season long, we were talking about the four teams in the East that were going to be a factor, right? Milwaukee, Philadelphia, Boston, and that fourth was Brooklyn for a while, right? Well, because we were talking about KD and but we were talking about KD and Kyrie and then when they fell apart, Cleveland came into the conversation. We forgot about Miami. We simply just did. And at the end of the day, Jimmy is Jimmy, right? They were awful. They were not good coming into the playoffs. So this is a complete turnaround. They were the worst offense in the NBA, man. They yeah. were outside of the playoffs at certain points. I think they dropped down to as low as 10 at certain points in the season, maybe even below that. Yeah. Like they were fighting for their play in life. And then Jimmy Butler in the playoffs, <laughs> man. Like this man is unbelievable. Kyle Lowry outplaying the Knicks guards by himself, man. Like he yeah. has turned back the clock a little bit in this series, just making the heady basketball plays, you know, being the Kyle Lowry that we know and love um, is just, it's been a sight to see. And 
Jalen Brunson needs some some more help, man. Like Julius Randle, where are you at, bro? Like your season Dude. stats to your playoff stats, you've dropped like nine points. You you're down in rebounds, down in assists, down in shooting percentage, down in three point percentage. Like, bro, are you, you're just not a playoff player, eh? Like, I'm really hoping that the the line of maybe they want it more will stick with Julius for the next, you know, until the game starts in like two hours and he's all he's been thinking about. And I hope he comes out and rocks the garden because that's the only way, the only way that they have a chance in this series. If Julius Randle comes out tonight and puts up like 50 points, seriously, because they like have 40. been, but, but like, but like, if you think about this team right now, you say Julius Randle, you, you see, he needs to show up. You say Brunson needs help, right? Obi and RJ can't do it unless they have their veterans. Julius Randle is supposed to be that guy for this team. He's supposed to. And he has been dog water in this series. Let's be honest, right? That's that's just the it simple fact worse. of it. So he needs to come out and step up. But that's not the conversation right now because at, at the end of the day, pretty much everybody has decided that the Knicks are done. And you kind of yeah. expect that, of course. It is, let's not forget, it is a 3-1 series right now for Miami. And Jimmy seemingly is fine. Seemingly is doing fine with his ankle. No big deal. Putting things away. He's like, it's beautiful, ultimate. man. It's beautiful He's to see. He's the ultimate, absolute ultimate warrior. How he rolled his ankle the way he did and only missed a game yeah. and has been this good. Like, it's just absolutely unbelievable. And the crazy thing also about the Knicks is that they're getting a, a heavy dose of contribution from R.J. Barrett, man. Yeah. I mean, he's had 26, 24, 14, and 24 points in the series. He's given you one mediocre game. He has been awesome efficiency-wise. In his 20-point games, he's been over 50% shooting from the field. He's been decent from three, except for in the first game. Um, But, like, this man yeah. has been good. Jalen Brunson has been good. He dropped 32 points in that loss last the other night. Like, mm-hmm. what more can you ask of those guys? Yep. And it comes down to the fact that, like, the rest of the roster just doesn't want it more. And it's not like they don't have more talent than Miami. It's clear that they do. Emmanuel Quickly, um, Obi Toppin, all of yep. these guys, yeah, all the way down. Robinson, like, all have been drafted. All were, you know, touted prospects at some point in their careers. You're starting seven undrafted, or you're playing with seven undrafted players on the other team. Beat them! Beat them! It's just Jimmy Butler! Man, it's crazy. It's crazy to think of where this New York team could be if they had have just sold high on Julius Randle a couple of years ago when he where he was. Get a couple more young pieces. Let RJ be the star that he's proving that he might actually be. You know, a lot of people lost a lot of faith in RJ over the first couple of years of his season, but... You know, look at you look at a guy like Devin Booker who's really kind of figured it out over the course of time. Like, there's always potential, and man, the the Knicks they have to figure it out. And the last thing that I want to say about this series, you know, obviously Spolstra is you know the best coach left here, but I have to give flowers to Bam Adebayo because I always talk about how he needs to be better in the playoffs. I've talked about it for years. He's been great in this series. He's been great for Jimmy. He's doing what he needs oh, to yeah. do to be one of the true last bigs. In, in this situation, in the playoffs. Now, he's going to get eaten alive by Embiid if, if that ends up to be the situation. But, you know, good for Miami for this situation because I really want to see it, man. I want to see this eighth-place team find themselves in a conference final and maybe do something about it. Because with Jimmy, man, it's it, anything's possible. 
Man, if we get a repeat of the bubble and it's seven versus eight, dude, like that is that is NHL parody at its best, man. Like that is the NHL bleeding into the NBA. That is what we want to see as fans, mm-hmm. where you have no idea who's going to win this thing. That's the best part about the playoffs. Yeah, and I feel like the NBA has lacked that for so long. So I'm I'm here for it, man. Um. Can I just say one more thing though? Yeah, I want to. I want to shout out Will Lou and his tweet. I saw it the other day. Um, so he's at home watching the Miami Heat, saying to himself, "Kyle Oh man, I love that. That is, it sticks with me to my heart, man. That is, it's an all-time Kalo moment. Uh, I, I would be, I would be sad to have you know Kalo lose to LeBron in the finals because. You know, it would be pretty amazing, and we would be rooting LeBron, for LeBron though. on the side of things. But man, in this time that we've lived in, where you know we talked about NBA parity coming to a forefront, being at a point where it's not these dynasties, it's it's duos, it's situations here or there where anybody can do it. To have Giannis break through, to have okay, cool, the dynasty of Steph Curry and them get another ring, to them figuring it out, but also living in this parity where we can yeah have a seven and eight come through to maybe have it be LeBron's last dance, like the story writes themselves right so if it happens man we'll be very happy over here as campers for sure man i think the la season is actually a movie yeah yeah think about it they start two and ten yep they are 13th in the western conference yeah they are dead in the water they get to 500 again by january and then fall apart again and are yeah. dead in the water, have a 0.2% chance to make the playoffs. And the trade deadline happens, out goes Russell Westbrook, in comes a bunch of new players, and this team has been the best defense in the NBA since then. Yep. And LeBron gets hurt. And Anthony Davis is tired and he's up and down on the offensive end, but it's been an absolute monster game wrecker on the defensive end. And 38 year old LeBron can pull his way to an NBA championship. Man, I'm betting on them next year. If they win, they got to go double double, you know? I mean, it's why it's why I believed that LeBron could three P with a healthy AD after winning that bubble title. LeBron is him, you know, he is that guy. But even more so, Anthony Davis, in the latter half of this series, in the past few games, he took being called alternating days personally, because man, that game four performance, him coming out, the way the game ended with the defense on Curry, like. He's got the Michael Jordan interview. Yeah, they were hunting me. I took it personally. Like, it's a. am with you, Matt. It's a movie. It's insane. And, like, as a basketball fan who has lost all of his teams in the playoffs at this point in time, besides Denver, because I'll still root for Denver, I've got, I'm, I'm, LeBron's pulling me, man. He's pulling me over to his side of that train because it is kind of amazing and unreal when you think about the way that that transition happens. You know, there's only so many times in any sport, regardless of what it is, where you can see these unreal turnarounds. And a guy like LeBron is great at just adding different things to his infinity gauntlet of a resume to why he's the goat, right? 
And like, again, this is exactly why I think he is the GOAT. Because he can play any style that you want him to. At a 38 years old, yeah. with a foot injury that probably needs surgery, that is not 100%, he understands the game so well that he picks and chooses his spots. I mean, it's game three. I'm watching this game. D'Angelo Russell scored like 11 straight, 12 straight points for the Lakers. Yeah, It is not looking good. And everybody is like, man, like LeBron's not playing well. LeBron hasn't, he didn't score a field goal until five minutes left in the second quarter. I messaged you yep. and I said, the Lakers are cooked. LeBron doesn't have it. They won by 30, bro. I got the receipts. They yep. won by 30. Like, he just turned on a switch, and it was off to the races. To to know that same end-of-game play from 2018 finals, to bring it back, and to be pointing out and directing everybody, yeah. and then to get this, like pure genius this man like i i can't say any more about him you know michael jordan yes was a physical specimen was a scoring specimen was a defensive monster but just in terms of just intangibles and just being where you need him to be being yeah whatever you need him to be it it's lebron man it's lebron by a mile look Sorry. You know, we talked about this series last week. You know, the, one of the last things that I said was simply stating you have to watch these games if you can because of what it means between these type of players. And we've had three games since then. Three fantastic games. You know, you know, a couple of blowouts here and there, big moments. But you can see how much it means to the main guys in this series. And it's great that Anthony Davis is healthy. It's great that he's playing up to the level that he has because that's what LeBron needs right now. It's so ironic that LeBron is going out there and being a better Draymond Green for his team against Draymond. Like it's so it's so beautiful to see. And like you you kind of feel bad for Curry a little bit because Clay hasn't had a great game. Jordan Poole, I'm sorry, who? Has he done anything in this series besides Bailed. waste minutes? Like he had one good game. Sorry, I have to be. I have to be nice. Poole had one good game, I think, in this series, he did. maybe. He did. But like, yeah. game two, they have to figure it out. The Warriors are in an absolute hole. And yes, we can't not bring up the House of Highlights, Corgi, because he is four for four so far. But when you think about what Darvin Ham has done for this Lakers team, you think about the rotations that they found themselves and what they were able to do in these games. It's it's such an incredibly tough hill, which it has to be for this Golden State team man it's 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 crazy hard for them to to be able to come back from this 3-1 series deficit lebron is 17 and 0 when going up 3-1 in a series oh my god um <laughs> and i just don't think he's going to relinquish it man he knows what it would mean for his legacy he understands you know the, the ramifications and um it's funny to me that we have a conversation going on in the in the you know mainstream media about if Steph beat him would Steph take his place on the Mount Rushmore would Steph become a top 4 player of all time and would LeBron drop out of that right because he lost to you know a player so many times in his career and i hate that the media rewrites that narrative 
Yeah. Steph lost to him and had to go recruit the second best player in the league just to beat him. They had to go get Kevin Durant to beat him. Like, what are we talking about? LeBron has never had the type of help that Steph Curry has had. And it's funny that they're all like, oh, does Steph need more help now? Does Steph, is Steph not getting enough help? Nobody was saying that when LeBron carried those 2018 Cavs to the final. Yeah. Does LeBron need more help? Because it was just evident and obvious. But we have overrated this Golden State Warriors team because of their dynasty pedigree. You know, Draymond Green is not the player that he once was. Klay Thompson is not the player that he once was. Yes, Kevon Looney is a rebounding machine, but he's not great offensively. Jordan Poole, not great. Andrew Wiggins is definitely the second best player on this team. And without Steph Curry, do they make the playoffs? If you gave them an average point guard, like if you traded Steph Curry for Fred Van Vliet, does that team make the playoffs? Right. Probably not. But that's why the conversation is happening right now. Because you have a player of Curry's caliber. If anybody is going to do it, right? You think about a team being able to come back down 3-0. LeBron might be able to. Curry uh, might be able to. You have to have the absolute best players of all time to make that even be a conversation. And that's why when you have a guy like Curry, it's possible. And you have this dynasty. And all it takes is one game at a time, right? But their backs are up against the wall. Darvin Ham has been absolutely destroying it in the back end of this series. Like, yes, game four is going to be the Lonnie Walker game, which... You know, as an old 2K player who Lonnie was always like the ninth, tenth of my guy on 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 championship teams, like makes me really happy. You know, if if you don't know Lonnie's story getting to the league, go look it up, man. This is an amazing story for a kid to have this type of moment. And yes, it's gonna be the Lonnie Walker game, but Darvin Ham enabled it to happen. He is doing fantastic things with the right pieces on this roster. And the Lakers, man. <laughs> the Lakers might just be the locomotive that's going through this playoffs right now. Man, they clicked at the right time. Their players are playing at the right time. Lonnie Walker was basically out of the rotation come playoff time. And he stayed ready. And 15 points off the bench in a fourth quarter. Yeah. When you hadn't gotten a single point all game. And to be the first player since Kobe Bryant to do that in a Lakers uniform off the bench in a playoff game, like, that's got to right? be some confidence building, right? And so, man, I love what I'm seeing from the Lakers. I can't believe I'm seeing it because I'm going to be honest with you. After game two, man, when they got you know beat by 27 points, I was pretty sure that the Golden State <laughs> Warriors were going were gonna to break what I uh, you know had thought and, and were going to beat the Lakers. But no, LeBron, man, AD, they, they've locked in. They've strapped it down. And like tonight, man, if, if I'm not up, you know, 10 points by halftime if i'm down you know 15 in the third i might just throw the bench mob in let the boys rest because we got game six at home and that's when we need a a 30 and 20 game from ad and a 20 and 20 from lebron and just call it a series man you you don't want to go to game seven you don't want to have an even series against this pedigree but that's why you're in such a good place. That's why you can have the man. The fact that the media was talking about just just sit AD, just sit LeBron. Don't even play him in Game Five. You know Golden State isn't losing this game. Which like, that's what championship pedigree is, right? You win that game because your season's on the line and you have to. But that's what's so scary about Game Six. That's what's so terrifying about the potential that the Lakers have. 
and that's why when you go up three one, it's such a good feeling, right? And you gotta feel you gotta feel pretty good for LeBron, right? To to know that he's he's Absolutely. sitting up right now. To think about you know where he was feeling part way into the season. To think about what he has to go through as an old man playing in the NBA right now. Like this is vindication for this guy. So yeah, we we hope more for the Lakers, and you know, it is what it is right now. But we got one more series, Matt. Uh, if we're ready to move on, the the last beautiful series here kind of insane kind of insane the direction that it's gone between the suns and the nuggets i thought it was going to be a route i thought you know denver goes up two nothing phoenix did not look like they had it and like you said man can devin booker be that guy in in game three and four he was that guy yeah and he's on one of the most like prolific playoff streaks in nba history but I still got to go with Denver here. Man. I just, the Joker dropping 53 right. in a loss. Like this man wants it. He is going for it. I, I had to apologize to my buddy, Johnny. You know, he was asking me how I thought the, the situation was going to go. And I said, oh, Denver, easy gentleman sweep over the Suns. Not going to stand a chance. Look, I didn't have this much faith in Devin Booker to be able to do what he was doing through all of those games. But again, as much as this series is 3-2 and people were like, oh, the Suns are doing what they're doing, I still feel vindicated. Because if you go and you look at that third quarter in Game 5, you saw when everything went downhill for the Suns in that game. It's when Devin Booker stopped hitting his shots. The fact of the matter is, as 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 you like to joke, as, as Joker was saying himself, there's only two of them. If you just can stop the two of them, you're good. And... And that's what happens, right? You make a trade for Kevin Durant, you gut your roster. It's why this team is going to be terrifying next year when they go oh, and they yeah. retool in the offseason. But if Denver can hold Pat, if you know Bruce Brown can keep doing what he's doing, if Aaron Gordon can keep being you know the role player that he's doing, if Murray can play like he did in the second half of Game 5, not the first half of Game 5, it, it really is Denver's series to lose by far. No, absolutely, man. I think Denver's Denver's definitely the team to beat in this series. They're they're much deeper. There's again two of them. Just stop them. There's two of them. They're playing a two man game. Like De- DeAndre Ayton has completely checked out. He is like they're playing their their backup. I don't even remember Yo, his name. Shout out, shout out, Jack Londale, the legend. He's playing thank so you, well you. in this series. I gotta say, but like. He shouldn't be playing. He maybe spot up minutes here and Seriously. there. Seriously, like, yeah. Aiton is unplayable. He is, you know, such a bad attitude. I'm so glad the Raptors didn't go after him, you know, last year when all the rumors were that we were going to, you know, go get him. The Pacers are probably, you know, thinking they're lucky stars that the right. Suns matched. Like, could you imagine having that contract with this type of guy who is so... I don't know, soft, Matt, uh, I don't know the, the word here, but like, come on. He's, I, I, as much as I hate to say this as a fellow gamer, he goes home after these games, he loads up, you know, Suns versus Nuggets, and then he goes and puts up 40 and 20 on with his character against them because he, he would rather just cash his paychecks and go and play 2K, man. As much as that sucks, that's kind of who DeAndre Ayton has showed himself to be. You think about players who have come into the league with a certain skill set and have done nothing to add or expand on their game. That might be Ayton at this point in time. He's kind of just wants to be 
there and be along for the ride. And as we've seen with guys like LeBron, as we've seen with anybody, like you have to be dedicated. You have to put in the effort to get all the way. That's why you feel kind of bad for KD. So you feel kind of bad for Booker at this point in time, but it's why I made that comment about how they're going to go and retool and be scary because yes, Kevin book, Kevin Durant and Devin Booker are both him. They're both those guys. And when they can put up, they put up what? 86, 86 points in game three together. Like to be expected. Yeah. They're unbelievable. And it's, it's kind of sad that they, they just don't have the team around them and, and, Chris Paul got hurt, mm-hmm. um, but man, the, you're right. Once they retool in the offseason, they will be scary. Um, now we've got, you know, leads in all of these series. Do you think they all end up the way that they're kind of leaning now, or are you seeing anything kind of flipping on its head? I mean, you know, my heart obviously wants the Nuggets to win, so I, I don't see that changing. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised for the Suns to come out and get that Game 6 victory. This is Kevin Durant we're talking about here. Let's not forget that. He might come out and put up 50-plus in this game to get them to a Game 7. But I trust in in Malone. I trust in this roster, and I trust in these guys. And it really kind of is the Nuggets' time. And as long as they play their game, they can't lose. So I see that series going as it is. Lakers-Golden State, as I mentioned last week, I'm not touching any more predictions with it, so I won't even say anything about it. But I think we all know, you know, unless you're Corgi Dog. And then... Man, Philly, Boston, like as much as I think that the Celtics can do it, man, I'm I'm scared because Embiid is, is such a giant guy. He literally almost broke what's his name's face when he stepped on him in game four or whatever. Oh it my was. God, that was like crazy, like, man. So close. We, we were so close to watching a disaster on national television, okay, when a 290 pound man just steps on another guy's face. So Grant Williams, man, what a what a tough man. And I love the in, the interaction between them. He's like, you know, we're all complete now here. I get it, man. <laughs> yeah. He didn't mean to stop on my face but you did <laughs> it, it's it's kind of insane so yeah i can't root for philly obviously because of the stars on their team but yo tyree yeah. smaxi he's he's balling and you know i do love me some danny green and danny green's talking about how philly's the only team left that he's played for so he's rooting for them so you know maybe i'm on team danny green over here and play for the lakers bro he was part of their championship yo danny are you lying to the i saw a media thing this morning about this yo danny yeah. what are you doing danny Oh my god! I don't oh. even think about that. Yeah. 100% sure right. we played for the Lakers. Oh man. Okay, maybe I, t- I rescind that. Okay, I take back. I'm not on Team Danny anymore. He's he's letting it down. And then Heat next, bro. Like, do we even need to talk about it? Like, no, Jimmy. He's Jimmy, baby. They probably gonna win tonight. Like, they gave up in game. They need game to. four in the fourth quarter. So, like the Knicks did. The so fans think... deserve it. Like the fans at Madison Square Garden right now deserve the win tonight. So they better get it. No, really I'm thinking. I'm it. thinking the Heat are gonna win tonight, man. <laughs> I think. <laughs> Sorry, man. No, no, you're right. No, you're you're 100 right. But I'm saying like the the New York fans deserve better than what they're probably gonna get tonight. Unfortunately. So. Yeah, unfortunately, man. All right, you wanna you wanna wrap it up with some hot takes or a mystic prediction here, buddy? Yo, I'm I'm so in. I'm going out of left field. You know, I got a nice win, but I'm scared to touch any of these series. So we're going to have a little fun here, okay? The Leafs are down bad. They're down bad. They're down so bad. But wouldn't it be great if they could win those next four games, come back? You know, I'm dreaming of a Canadian team being able to lift the Stanley Cup. So please, Leafs, do it for an old, you know, Ontario guy over here. Get a W or two, but 
If you get four, that'd be great. Kevin, in the history of knowing me, have you ever known me to cheer for the Toronto Maple Leafs? Never. Never. My entire life, I have never cheered for this team. I've lived in Toronto for the majority of my life. I was cheering for them in game six against the Tampa Bay Lightning when they won because I felt bad for this this city and the and the franchise. And I thought to myself, okay, they're playing Florida. Montreal owns Florida's first round pick. I would like it to be 17 and not 29 to 32. So I will cheer for Toronto in this series. They are down 0-3. How do people like this franchise? I am already angry with them. It is just brutal. It's, it's so ironic considering the articles, you know. They'll be celebrating this for years to oh. Like we'll we'll, we'll move past it because it's slightly painful. It would be so sad. It would be so sad if they end this year and you still can say that they haven't won a playoff game past the first round in twenty years. Yeah, let's let's hope they can be a little better than that. Oh god! At least get one. Get one, man. All right. Well, that's enough about hockey. I'm gonna come back to the NBA and I'm gonna say. You know, Boston was in the spot last year against, you know, Milwaukee and Giannis and the the dominant big. I think they win game six. I think they win game seven. I think Jason Tatum goes nuclear in these last two. And he, you know, takes that ball and takes it dominantly, hopefully. And Boston, you know, pulls out the series, man. I'm I'm still sticking to my Boston Nuggets uh, prediction here. Man, he's pulling pulling my heartstrings over here. I'd love to see it. But you know, crazy to think that it's possible that this time next week it will be a couple games into the conference final games. Like these playoffs, they come at us, they take forever to get here, and then all of a sudden it's just banger game Wait. after banger game left and right, man. <sighs> yeah, man. It's it's awesome though, man. These playoffs have been great. Like the fact that we could get a seven eight, the fact that, you know, like um there's no one no, Denver's the one seed. Okay, they they're still a one seed left. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you like you said it last there's week, none. dude. There's one through eight right now. It's eight. kind of insane. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, awesome, we're man. we're looking forward to it, man. There's gonna be some banger games this week. I look forward to getting back here next week and talking to you about where things stand. But that'll be it. All right. So thanks everybody for being here. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at the Board Sports. Like, subscribe, give us a thumbs up. Check out the Board Sports for new episodes and blog posts. And we'll talk to you next time.